How you see what's in your pants may indicate whether a societal collapse is coming. Sounds weird, but stick around and you'll be nodding in agreement before long. But first, let's talk about Jackson Memorial Middle School. A former art teacher has filed a lawsuit against the principal, two employees, and the Board of Education in Maslin, Ohio. A former art teacher has filed a lawsuit against the principal, two employees, and the Board of Education. Why? 24-year-old Vivian Garrity claims that she was forced to resign after she refused to refer to students by their preferred pronouns. She also refused to call them by new names that were consistent with the student's gender identity. Instead, the teacher called the students by their legal name. Oh, the humanity. Vivian claimed she met with school officials twice. Allegedly, at the second meeting, the principal, Casey Carter, told her that she would be required to put her beliefs aside as a public servant. Failure to do so would be seen as insubordination. After going back to her classroom, they called Vivian in again, telling her to comply or resign. Her lawsuit claims this violated her First Amendment right and her religious beliefs. Now, it's bonkers that someone could lose a paycheck over pronouns, but it happened and you could be next. But this story should be seen as more than just another battle in the culture wars. Stories like this are becoming more and more common. As the quote goes, those who cannot remember the past are condemned to repeat it. As we look into the historical mirror, objects are a lot closer than they appear. Forget the Russian-Ukraine war, rising inflation, a housing bubble, the coming recession, grid collapse, or another viral outbreak. Gender is the real tell for a cultural collapse. Enter Camille Piglia. She's a professor and author of the book Free Women, Free Men. When talking about the trans movement and androgyny, her comments are as illuminating as they are controversial. In an interview, she said, quote, historically, this movement towards androgyny occurs in late phases of culture, as a civilization is strong to unravel. You can find it again and again and again. But it's not just the androgyny alone, it's the adoration and celebration of it too, she says. Quote, people who live in such times feel they're very sophisticated, they're very cosmopolitan. She refers to all this LGBTQIA plus gender bending as, quote, extravaganzas of gender experimentation. Her warning is quite stark, saying, quote, there are certain fundamental principles of human life that return again and again. I have serious doubts about whether androgyny can usefully be extended as a master plan for the human race. She's not done, saying, quote, there are many parallels between our time and that of the Roman Empire. Whenever you get cosmopolitan cultures that are very tolerant and permissive, it seems to be the case that such cultures are ripe for collapse. She discusses the Hellenistic and Roman periods and Germany's Weimar eras. At the time, gender confusion appeared to run tangent with their cultural demise. For example, she talks about stylistic changes in art from the archaic period to the post-classical, such as a man's masculine frame being substituted for a more feminine form. She sees this happening in the West, believing that the root cause of transgender mania is a culture that doesn't believe in itself, its heritage, or really anything. She even goes as far to speculate that as Christianity has faded away from institutions and government, a big void was left behind, one that was filled with this new do-whatever-you-want-to mentality. This didn't come from some ultra-conservative Christian think tank. No, this came from a feminist lesbian professor. Now, this book came out nearly six years ago. Think how far down the transgender rabbit hole America has gone. 
You know what the most controversial thing going down in 2017 was? People were reeling from the fact that a man who said he could grab a woman by the pussy was elected president. Now, her conclusion makes sense, not just as a theory, but as something we can see in practice. If you believe that a man can get pregnant and women can identify as men, or that a child can identify as a cat and in a litter box at school, what won't you believe? We don't have mothers, we have birth parents. Men now need tampons too. It's not just academia, it's mainstream. You see the commercials and woke takeover of casual society. Just read your employee manual. Maternity leave is now defined for the birth parent, whatever the that means. The long and short of it, if you believe and say that a baby can come from not just a woman with a womb, but a man with a wiener, you're already halfway there. Identifying as whatever you want is an ideology that will only fall on its own sword. It undermines our civil liberties. It deconstructs and destroys the very movements that have sought to protect us from government overreach, fascism, totalitarianism, you name it. If gender doesn't exist, do women's rights exist? If sexuality is fluid, do gay rights exist? If gender bending and sexual fluidity exist, then no one needs laws to protect them. If misogyny, sexism, and sexual harassment exist, then wouldn't one just identify as a man and avoid all the problems? Why would I need any laws, any protection? If one is gay and discriminated against, then just tell everyone you identify as a straight man and the problem is solved, right? Besides, doesn't the pansexual movement just undermine the progressive assumption that one is born gay? If you're not born that way, then you can change and choose another life, right? It's a slippery slope that backs into the fact that these progressive ideas make absolutely no sense. Camille is the professor, I'm not, but I would simply say that if you stand for nothing, you'll fall for anything. Google around, you'll find the art and advertisements in Weimar, Germany, men in heels and women in suits, as well as open knowledge of celebrities and their homosexual preferences, something that one would assume would be taboo to talk about in the 40s, but not in Weimar, Germany at the time. Like Camille points out, it doesn't mean it is caused by it, but it does appear to be an indicator of cultural decline. If you can get a man to wear heels and women to dress like men, then maybe bullying your Jewish neighbor doesn't seem so far off. We all know they weren't reticent, and we all know where that story ended. Jump forward to today. If you can convince people that men can get pregnant, then maybe getting them to bully their traditional-slash-Christian-slash-conservative neighbor isn't too hard. Think how fast the U.S. gay and trans movement went from inclusion and acceptance to force compliance of pronoun preference and expected attendance at drag shows for kids. You can't just tolerate or accept, you must be an enthusiastic supporter. Anything else and you're denying one's existence and enabling trans violence. If a Christian says that homosexuality or transgenderism is not in line with God's word, off with your head, you bigot. Yet a wokey saying anyone who doesn't endorse the LGBTQIA movement is transphobic, well, that's okay. You tolerate their beliefs, they just don't have to tolerate yours. That whole love trumps hate and all love is equal crap fades away when you don't fall in line. What a world we have built. America the greatest, America first, America the shining city on a hill. But who would have thought that the next generation depended on genitals?